to the kids of the neighborhood for for 10 cents and stuff to make, make money and stuff. And then, because I'm a Christian, we pay tithing. So it's like, oh, we got to pay tithing on that. And so then I raised the price to 11 cents. So that way I could, <laughs> could, could pay the tithing. I still had a dime afterwards, you know. I'm sure it doesn't work out in the end, but I was – I was a kid, and I was in elementary school. You got to raise you the know. margin to cover. You got to raise the margin to cover your tithing. That's been yes, yes. <laughs> so here's the big question: Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions, only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome to Money Talkers with Cody Laughlin. I have an awesome guest today. Uh, We've been talking a little bit offline about uh, some of the things we're going to go over, and I am super excited because this is one of my favorite subjects. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about entitlement, and I have a special guest today. His name is Irving Tryon. Um, Irving is a business owner, an entrepreneur, an IT wizard, a husband, father to three, and he's pretty much an all-around good dude. So he's, uh, he's got a Bachelor of Science degree in Computer Information Systems. He's worked 15 years for large companies, maintaining the computer systems, building automations, and maintaining all of their kind of just data systems. And uh, on top of that, though, for 20 plus years, he's had Tryon Computers, and that specializes in small businesses saving money through IT. I personally can vouch for him because he jumped in and saved me as I was fumbling to learn how to use sales funnels, and he helped me out with my automation and some of the most confusing parts about it. But uh, Irvin, I'm happy to have you on the show. Welcome, my friend. Hey, Cody. Thanks a lot for that introduction. How's it going? Absolutely, man. It is going wonderful. I am uh, I am ready to dive in. I want to talk to you. I asked you to be on the show. Uh, I know that you have a, a big background and a big heart with your family, too, just from talking with you. Um, and uh, could you give a little bit of a background um, from you as opposed from me and uh, for the listeners? Um, yeah, so my background, I, I guess my computer background, let's start off on that, is when I was eight years old, my dad traded $100 and a baby cab to the neighbors so we could buy the first computer, and the deal was that he had to show me how to put it together. And so that's how I started off my computer career, because before that, I wanted to be a scientist. Where was this? And this was in uh, Lehigh, Arizona, now known as Mesa, Arizona. It's on the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona. And so we had a small family farm, two acres, cows, chickens, pigs, that type of stuff. So I'm a farmer at heart, not a, 
Uh, Not a gamer. The cow for a computer, man. That's pretty awesome. But I like the fact I that know. you made him teach you how to do it because don't give me a fish, right? Teach me how to. Yeah, fish. I mean, I, exactly. That was when I built my first computer, and then I built every other family computer as we upgraded. Because back in those days, computers. I'm old. I'm an old man. So back in those days, there was dial-up BBSs, not internet, and you built everything from scratch. You couldn't really buy an off-the-shelf computer system like you can nowadays. And so that's why I got my start off in computers. And then you have to have games and all that type of stuff, you know. So were you, helped did, me. did you get into the uh, just the hardware, or did you get into coding and that kind of stuff too? So... The hardware was the cool, but back then it was DOS-based things and there was no games. And so I used to ask my dad, hey, can we buy some computer games for this? And my dad said, no, we can't afford computer games. If you want computer games, you have to go code it yourself. And so I would go down to the Mesa Public Library and they had code books. And so you could check out the code books. It'd be like 100, 200 pages with just lines of code. Well, like yeah. the top games and all that type of stuff. Yeah, and so you type in, you spend weeks typing in lines and lines of code. And when you finish, you're supposed to have a game, but it never worked. It never worked. It never worked because systems upgraded. These DOS versions were different. It never worked or you got fingered a number, someone these thousands of lines of code. And so then I'll spend the next three or four weeks troubleshooting it, debugging it. My dad would come, poke around with me some on it. And eventually I'll get the game up and working and I keep my attention for like a good two or three days and be like, eh, that game wasn't near that as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and you're back to the library and do it all over again. And so that was my coding experience and that taught me the basics of coding and basically troubleshooting and how to look at the big pictures and all that type of stuff was from typing in code from the Mesa Public Library. So the uh, what you're saying is that the self-education world has gotten better since when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, yes, no YouTube back then. I couldn't YouTube it. It's like, like how's this? And it wasn't like they had free games that you could yeah. could install or download off the internet. You know, first you had to learn the Dewey Decimal System. If I I don't think I'd ever say those words again, but you had to learn the Dewey <laughs> Decimal System to be able to find the book that told you how to do the computer code. Yes, yes, Funny. and all that stuff. Like I said, and the code that they published was always older, and you know, like I said, it was it was fun, you know, and so that's you, what um, taught me. Did, did you do anything with that? Like uh, as a kid, did you do like, did you try to use it as a, as a sellable skill or try to make money at it or anything? I was not an entrepreneur programming wise as a kid. Basically mine would be, I would set it up for me and my cousins as we do um, network games. And so we go haul, it wasn't flat screens back then, haul all these computers over to each cousin's house and then spend hours setting up games. Back then it was token ring. You know, you set up the token rings and get all the stuff and half the night would be spent getting the computers going so we could play a couple hours of network gaming and then take it all back down and haul it all back home. That house down in Lehigh, I sold it, I don't know, about 10 years ago. And there was still the coaxial cable for my token ring I set up 
still running between the floors and in the rafters of that house. So <laughs> someone's going to go in and be like, what is this stuff here? <laughs> yeah, it won't make any sense these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope. So, so what, uh, when, did you, when did you realize that uh, you had that bug, though? When did you realize that what, – what, I guess you probably don't – as most people, you don't realize you have an entrepreneurial bug until you look back and go, wait a minute, I did. But when, what, was, uh, what were some of your first uh, hustles back then? Back then, like I said, looking back, it's easier because back then I was just doing that. When I was in elementary school, I guess it was my first job, my hustle, I guess, if you want to make money. Um, I helped, uh, I went to Franklin Elementary School and they had pigs. And so they would scrape the leftover food into buckets that would go out to the pigs. And I helped the janitor with that. And all the chocolate milk containers that were unopened, I would save and I'll throw it in my lunchbox. And then I'll take them home and I'll freeze them so it'd be like frozen chocolate milk and I'll sell them to the kids in the neighborhood for for 10 cents and stuff to make, make money and stuff. And then, because I'm a Christian, we pay tithing. So it's like, oh, we got to pay tithing on that. And so then I raised the price to 11 cents. So that way I could, <laughs> could, could pay the tithing. I still had a dime afterwards, you know. I'm sure it doesn't work out in the end, but I was – I was a kid, you know, I was in elementary school. You gotta raise you the know. margin to cover you gotta raise the margin to cover your tithing. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know. Um but yeah, so that was my first big I guess money making gig and then I'm always one that likes to likes to work and do stuff and earn money and so then when I went to ele- from elementary school to high school was my first paycheck or what not high school, junior high was my first paycheck and one of the electives you could do was working in the cafeteria. And so I work in the cafeteria through my lunch breaks. Uh, then I started making a paycheck. It was like a whole whopping $2 and 15 cents an hour. You know, I mean, so I get paid like 30 bucks. <laughs> it was, I mean, cause you know, you figure it's two hours and two hour lunch periods a day. So that was five, you know, I probably made what, 15, 20 bucks. Uh, a week or whatever in junior high at school, you know, and stuff. And then I went on from there to my first job at 16 McDonald's. I, I guess if you want to look, say I scanned the system because they're not supposed to work you more than 20 hours because I'm still in high school, but I was put in about 35 hours or so because you call me Irving, and most people know me by Irving Tryon, but Irving is actually my middle name. Lewis is my first name. Mm-hmm. And so the people doing the schedule will schedule Lewis Tryon for the first half of the week and schedule the Irving Tryon for the last half of the week. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. I just figured, you know, and there's different managers, different shifts, and so I worked the first half, worked the last half. <laughs> and I did that for probably a year, and then they scheduled me one Saturday well, my times overlapped. I'm like, hey, you know, what shift do you want me to work? Because I'm on morning and afternoon, and there's an hour and a half lap on them. But like, no, that's Lewis's shift. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, yeah, Lewis trying, Irvin trying. That's those are both me. They're like, you've probably been getting a whole lot of hours, haven't you? I'm like, yeah, I have. And so then they cut my hours back, and then. A little bit later, I got my hours back as I started scheduling Lewis and Irving yet again. So that's funny. Always worked, always 
I guess if you want to call it hustle or whatnot to make money, do stuff, Did you, jump around. Uh, I mean, I know, I know you've done both. So the reason I asked that is that um, in the entrepreneurial side is because I know you've done both. I know you've done um, work as a corporate employee and then you've also uh-huh. run a business during the same time period. And so, uh, don't tell my boss. Oh wait, I don't work for them anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just, um, I'm, I'm curious if, if, if what, uh, drew you to each part of it, like what, what, what kind of influenced you to go into both? Because usually a lot of people will dive one or the other, or they'll be in corporate for so long that they start to realize that they want to do something on their own, but you kind of did both at the same time, right? I did both at the same time and I love the I do love the corporate world. I mean, there's stuff in the corporate world that you don't get in the enterprise world and stuff. For example, in the enterprise world, if you want training, you're paying for your training. It's hard to and the enterprise world you don't stay at the top edge of technology because you can't afford it, you know. And you also don't go on the older technologies and stuff. I mean, how many entrepreneurs maintain 60,000 PCs, yeah. 7,000 servers across. I mean, one of my jobs, I worked across the world for, I worked for U.S. Airways. And so it was every terminal in the world that U.S. Airways flow into were working and were networking. And that's something that you can't get as an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? If you're that big as an entrepreneur, you have a team and company, now you're the CEO, and you're not the hands-on. I love the hands-on work tech. And so I like that part. But then the entrepreneur side, I did my own, and I, and I specialize in small businesses and stuff because small businesses get the short end of the stick. Yeah. Because they can't afford to hire someone like me full-time because that costs way too much. But they can And so what they do is they hire these people that come in, they fix the job and then leave, but those guys don't have the skills and knowledge to see the big picture that would save them money, that would make their life, their business easier. And so I used my skills that I was learning, my tech, my networking from a corporate world uh, than I did uh, on the small business side to give them that support that they really need, but they can't get. And I didn't have to charge them my corporate rates because I had a corporate job that was, if you want to call it subsidizing, they're they're stuck. You know, they didn't have to hire me full time. They could hire me, put me on retention. I could maintain all the computer systems. So it was like having a guy on full time, but I was doing other stuff and, and that. So that's why I did both. I mean, I like, I love, I like that. I love both sides of it. I love the main big stream working with all those things. You meet, you make friends and stuff that you don't see as much on the entrepreneur side because the customers I work for, they're my bosses and employees. You know what I mean? It's harder oh, to, yeah. it's harder, you know what I mean? It's a different relationship. Yes, it is, you know? And so I like, I like, I like them both, but I've, I don't know. I've always done my own stuff on the side because I don't know. I like, I like that. And so, so that's what you're doing full time now, right? I did. I finally gave up my corporate job and I did a full time. I'm doing it. And it's a, it's different. You know, I don't have to get up at seven o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock at night when I, 
when I, I transitioned it, so I started doing a nice position, training up people. So I worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. on my corporate job, which gave me 12 hours in the daytime to do my entrepreneur job and sleep. And you can sleep when you're dead, you know. And eventually, my wife said, hey, you're almost dead. You know, you need to get more than a couple hours of sleep a week. And so I let go of my corporate job and I'll do this full time now. That's awesome. Well, I know you also, didn't you, um, you're traveling right now, aren't you? I am. I'm in an RV traveling with my wife and my kids and we're doing it for one. My kids are learning real life in the real world and it's not book stuff, you know, as we, right now we're in, I had, my dad had some health issues. So we're in Omaha right now. I already kicked loose at the beginning of the year, but so we want to, you know, American history. Oh, let's learn about Gettysburg. Instead of reading about a book, let's drive over to Gettysburg and learn and learn it. You know what I mean? Instead of reading out books, let's read it all from the plaques and the museums and the histories and that type of stuff. I mean, oh, that's really cool. You want to you want to learn stuff? I mean, let's let's learn it. You know what I mean? Let's get immersive and, and jump stuff. in there, huh? That's so cool. So you're yeah. actually you you have a plan then of where you're going to uh, travel to? Or are you guys winging it to the next step? Is it just in time traveling or what's? Yeah, some of that, that we do have certain places that we need to be at certain months and stuff. Other than that, we'll be like, okay, well, what should we, you know, oh, we're here. We're going to end up here in a couple of months. What, what can we, what can we do between, between what can we stop? I mean, we stopped um, in the summertime at some, podunk museum in the middle of kansas or whatever bad flies that's all my kids remember is the flies were awful but you know it was that there uh, they just did we're in omaha nebraska right now they just did boys boys town i guess it was some popular hit movie and they went there and it's something like that you don't they got a, a tour a flex dance i mean some guy gave them a personal tour of it because you know there's not a lot of people that visit but it was a great experience and a great place for them to learn that you wouldn't normally see. That's really cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed, man. You're taking that, uh, an, an active approach with them. Um, you know, and, uh, and what I think I want to do now is we're going to take a break and, uh, we're going to, we're going to do a second segment here with Irving. We're really going to dive into now that you know his background and where he's coming from, we're really going to dive into, uh, a subject that's really important to me and we talked about and Irving's going to bring some, uh, some light on this is um, one being fully involved with your children, which is, you know, what he's actively going after and doing these things, but two, um, <clears throat> the entitlement portion of having to go out and earn for yourself that, uh, that you are responsible for yourself, which is a lesson. A lot of our kids, um, you know, will find out, the second that, you know, we get placed into quote unquote, the real world, you know, and, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the, some of the strategies and things he's doing with his kids. And then also come up, uh, some of the, some of the things that he's learned along the way, uh, in that realm, uh, to really kind of push him through doing his entrepreneurial thing, doing, you know, like you said, a couple hours, a couple hours of sleep, but, you know, uh, because he's on that just push to get through that. So, uh, I'm going to cut us off here. Um, but listen, if this is the, uh, if this is the first time you listen to this, Irving, where is the best place for them to find out more about what you do? Um, if you go to funnellifeguard.com, 
You can find me there or on my other side for the small business. It's tryoncomputers.com. Awesome. Either man. place. Either place takes you to me. All right, perfect. Yeah, that's uh, so. Remember that funnellifeguard.com. Mervin is actually a wizard with uh, with any kind of tech setup and uh, and and automation that you're looking to do. So uh, we're gonna hop off now, and then we'll be back. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker